Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Right along, we're on episode right 143 you of the know, Connecting you Faith to Life podcast. More, I'm talking over you, which is not professional, but I was going to say to you, you sound more and more professional every single week. I get practice, you more get practice? and more practice. I mean, we should really pay you for this. Uh, your, your voiceovers are outstanding. I think you do pay me. <laughs> I mean, not for this, but I am paid and I'm paid well. So. Do you have a side hustle? I do not. You know, side hustles are a big deal. I know. I know. Right? I have some side I, hustles. I teach piano. I teach at CSU. I know. Those are side hustles. I would like to, I, Kelly and I were talking about this, if I could find a way to do voiceovers on the I radio. I was about to say, that, you can do that. You, you can know. side hustle voiceovers. You know how you can do it? I've got it all set out. And you can give me a cut, 10%. All right, we'll do it. All right. If you so, can tell me how, yeah, I'm, there, I'll there's, do it. There's a website called Fiverr.com. Uh-huh. Have you heard of Fiverr? No. So Fiverr is where you go and you you if you have a, a, a talent that's marketable, what you do, mm-hmm. you're a very talented voiceover person. You can put that on Fiverr and then different people can find you as a voiceover artist and they will pay you for doing voiceovers for whatever, for their internet um, ads, for their whatever it Ten percent, brother. I'll tell you when we get done recording, need, we'll go check out Fiverr.com yeah, and get I, you on there. I do need somebody that wants a southern twang in their a voice. Southern twang, so it has a little bit of a southern thing. So, but anyway, down we'll south, we're out. okay you, with that. Yeah, because you, you've got some, you've got some voiceover talent that's not being tapped there into. There we go. I'll it's, get my own side hustle. To get you a side hustle, eh, man. I feel like I'm important. Then. Right. Right. Anyway, as you listen to the podcast today, uh, you might want me to come do a voiceover. Please call. We'll get it done. But anyway, take a few minutes, invite someone to listen, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, uh, the gram, however you do it, uh, text them the link, whatever it takes. Uh, we want to just be able to influence others with, with how we connect the word of God to our everyday life. And that's important. Lots of people need to know more about how to understand biblical principles. And today we're going to be talking about a biblical principle that's going to make a huge difference, I think, in in all of our lives. And uh, whether whether we are married now, we're married, or uh, look to be married, marriage is a big part of life. It marriage is a, is a big part of part life. life. So uh, today we want to have a conversation, and we have we have with us a guest that's going to help us we think this thing through. We have my wife with us. Stacy wants to say hello to everybody. Hello, everyone. That was a wonderful hello. You know, Stacy can do Fiverr as well. She has some voiceover work in her past. There you go. That would be great. And you do great anyway on yeah, the video. Yeah. You're impressive. So that's what, after we get done with this uh, this podcast, we just go check out Fiverr and get both of you online and both of you can make some money. Stacy, hey, I would love for her to make some it. money. That would help um, our household budget. You making money wouldn't help my household budget quite as much <laughs> as Stacy making some money, but we can get it all figured out. I would give more. This, well, so. this is true. If you make more, you can give more. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, good stuff. Um, so here's what we're doing at Northwood. We've been doing for the last month or so is on Wednesday evenings, we've been having these conversations about marriage, right? And so you've well, actually we've been doing it Wednesday evening and Sunday evening for some of our, our children's mm-hmm. workers that aren't able to mm-hmm. attend on Wednesday. So you've been coming on Sunday evenings. Yeah, because I'm Stacey's with the been coming yeah. on Wednesday or Sunday evenings as well because she works with our kids on Wednesday night. And so, so what we've been trying to do over the last few weeks 
who's been trying to just lay a biblical foundation, working through different passages of scripture in the Bible that actually speak about marriage and just kind of talking through uh, the issues that scripture brings up. And I, and I hope it's been helpful for people. Uh, and so, so if you've been a part of that, hopefully you've benefited. If you have not been part of that, uh, you can always listen to those uh, sessions we've been having. We actually have those on our website, northwoodbaptist.com, or you can go to your mobile device and download the Northwood app. Did you know we had an app, Trey? I did. And we I had use an app. It. Yeah, that app is amazing because on that app you can listen to past sermons. You can listen to the podcast mm-hmm. through our app. We put announcements on our app. We um, we had we had the bulletin on our app. Yeah, so you our can weekly get worship guides on the, the app. And so our app is a great place to get a lot of resources. Uh, from our church, and you can get the the marriage and family resources as well. And the, those uh, audio sessions are on that app. So northwoodbaptist.com or the Northwood app in your app store, both are great places to get that information, and we would love for you to do so. And so I, I know that there are lots of um, books and articles galore written about marriage. Mm, how, how many books do you think there are, Trey? If you were going to Barnes & Noble? I'm going to say... Uh 433,000. I would say 434,000. Okay. It's a lot. <laughs> and what? It's, it's a lot, right? It's a, so there's a lot of resources written on marriage and a lot are helpful. And over the years, if you think about it, um, there have been some books that have been pretty popular in the Christian mm-hmm. culture written about marriage. You think about uh, the five love, love languages oh, yeah. was a really popular Excellent. one. There was one called His Needs, Her Needs. Mm-hmm. There's there's all kinds of books that are written and, and, and some of them are helpful. Uh, what, what I've discovered though, with a lot of books written on marriage is they, they deal with the practical, right? Mm. Do this, do this, be a better communicator. And we need right. that practical help. Uh, but I haven't read many books that really deal with the theological dealing with the heart. Right. And so it's hard to live out the practical if you don't have the heart stuff, right. Mm-hmm. And so what we've been trying to do on Wednesday nights in our sessions is get to the heart stuff yeah. because scripture speaks to the heart stuff. Scripture speaks to the kind of people that we're supposed to be because if we're the kind of people we're supposed to be, it's obviously going to affect every relationship and especially our marriages. And so that's what we've been working through on Wednesday nights is dealing with that heart stuff. And we actually have a resource that we're going to put out uh, starting this week that's going to help with some of that heart stuff. I've written a a 30-day prayer guide for spouses. That's awesome. I think it's going to be really good. So what what I did... um, as you know, when we read through Ephesians, for example, mm-hmm. you have those passages where Paul prays for the church, Yeah, right? So all throughout the epistles, not just Ephesians, but the other epistles that Paul wrote, he has these passages where he prays specifically for the church, right? And so what I did is I took those passages where he prays for the church, and I just turned them into prayers. Oh, well, I, didn't, I didn't change yeah. scripture. Now, I, listen, I didn't change scripture, but I took those prayers and I used them as a starting point for ways to pray for your spouse, mm. because your spouse obviously is a part of the church if he or she is a follower of Jesus. So I think it's going to be helpful. So, well, well I, I, as you said that, you know, also Christ said that we are to uh, love our wives as men as Christ loves the church. There you go. So, I mean, there is a tie in there. Yep, absolutely. If we want to learn to love one another, we need to learn how Christ loves. That's exactly right. So starting this, that's good. That's good. That's why we have you on this podcast to make those segues and you do it so well. We could put that on five or two, the segue master. The segue master. Okay. Yeah. We'll do that too. Uh, so, so that prayer guide will be available starting this Sunday at North, where you can pick it up. And through the month of May, we're going to work through that as a faith family. I'm going to challenge our faith family to pray through that prayer guide. If you're not a part of our faith family and you want to get one of those prayer guides, send me an email and I'll see if I can get one to you. I can send you the digital copy of it and you can use that to, to pray for your spouse. That'd so Stacy for the next month is going to pray for me. She never prays for me. So I'm looking forward to her never, taking a month ever, and ever. praying for me. No, Stacy is very faithful to pray for me. I know she does. I see her praying. I don't see her praying every day, I guess, anymore because I leave the house before she does. But I know she does. She goes and parks her car. What do you do? You park your car at the school. 
And that, that is well, your holy place. the school. Hey, babe, move the mic up right to your well, face. if I do that, it's going to hit me in the face. Well, it's supposed to hit you in the face. Oh, okay. See how we lean yeah, into it we like lean this. Into, I know, you got really, lean, you you've got all this, this voice over and, talent. You use your voice over talent by leaning in. Right, but I don't want to break a tooth. <laughs> all right. Because you're really, y'all can't see okay, this. Okay, I'll sit still. That's much better. Just I had my coffee this morning, and morning time is my go time. Man, I'm, a, I'm high energy in the morning. I can't, I can't stop shaking. Right. And so, therefore, the table, the microphone stand, and that which is right in front of my face is coming towards me rapidly. Right. Oh. Nine o'clock at night is my stop time. I yes. stop shaking. Completely. <laughs> but from 5 a.m. to 9 o'clock, I shake. Oh, man. Like All a, right. I'm like a Quaker. Welcome to marriage. <laughs> oh, lovely. I'm full of it today. Okay. So, oh, so Stacy, her holy place is the school. Well, not exactly. I drop the children off, and then there's a parking lot adjacent to the school property between it and the prison and the county jail. <laughs> and so I park myself as a buffer between those two, and I pray. It's a good place to pray. You're praying for our kids and for super. the inmates to come Exa- to Christ. I do, and yeah. for some of our faith family who actually work at that facility. And and for me too. You're praying for me too while you're I there do. as well. Yes. So Stacy is very and faithful. And for me as I relate to you. <laughs> so Stacy is very faithful <laughs> in her Lord, time with the Lord. Me. Right. And we're, I'm thankful for that. Amen. But but uh, all that to say that you have this prayer guide that you're mm. going to be able to get and to use. And I think it's going to be very helpful. So the reason why Stacy is here is because she is my wife. And I thought it would be good uh, to, to not reteach some of the things we're teaching on Wednesday night, but just talk through them again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and what yeah, our church is hearing, our church is hearing me. Right. Uh, which our church, I guess, should hear me because I'm the pastor and I'm, I'm the one who's been uh, given the responsibility to teach our congregation. Uh, but I thought it'd be helpful just to kind of hear um, a female perspective, mm-hmm. a wife's perspective on some of these things that we're talking about on Wednesday nights and on Sunday nights. And so that's why I asked my wife uh, to come in and share this conversation with us. We could ask your wife too, Trey. She'd do a wonderful job, but she's a little harder to get a hold to because Very she, hard. Yeah. she uh, teaches all day long. Although next week she will be off. Oh, maybe we should have her so next we'll week. Have, we can have, yeah, yeah awesome. that's a good go. idea. So we'll have both Stacy and Kelly. And that'd that be would great. be a, that would probably be a, a very long podcast. That's all right. Yeah. We, we're not like radio. We can go till we we're done. We can go till we're done. Yeah. Now you, you'll probably turn us off, but you, we can go till we're done. Uh, so we you have. You do like other ones. Part one. Well, that's what we said today's episode was, was a conversation about marriage part one. Yeah, we're about part one today. So here we are. Um, So we started a few weeks ago by looking at Genesis chapter two, because that is the first passage in the Bible that deals with marriage, obviously, but it's also foundational in Genesis chapter two. God lays the foundation for marriage. And just to remind you, if you were there or if you've listened online to those podcasts, uh, audio recordings, just what we talked about. We talked about, you know, marriage by God's design. Mm. So, so we, as followers of Jesus, we approach scripture with the understanding that marriage was God's idea. In fact, in fact, what we said on that first session, which I think is just really interesting, uh, is, is Adam didn't even know he was alone. Hmm. Right. Yeah. You think about that. He's in the garden of Eden and, and he did not come up to God and say, you know what? I'm lonely. This is not good. He didn't say that. Mm. Adam was fine. He he had God. Yeah. God walked with him in the garden. He was fine. It was God who looked at Adam and said, it is not good for man to be alone. He needs someone like him. Marriage was God's idea instituted by God. Adam didn't even know he needed a wife. He was just fine. Right. And then God said, you are fine, but I got even better for you. I got something. And then, then he, 
created Eve and bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. And the two became one and all those wonderful things we read about in Genesis chapter two. But, but all that to say that marriage is God's design. And if it is God's design, just that understanding that as followers of Jesus, we don't have the, we don't have the freedom. Listen carefully. We don't have the freedom to redesign what God has designed. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Now we live in a culture obviously that has tried very desperately to redesign what God has designed, but we don't have that freedom. Mm -hmm. Marriage was God's idea. It's his institution. He designed it for his glory, his good purposes. And for our good, we don't have the freedom to redesign it. And so we talked about in that first session, just a few truths, right? That marriage is our primary relationship for companionship. Mm -hmm. Trey, you and Kelly have been married a long years. time, 40, 40 years. years. Yeah. yeah. She is your primary companion, isn't she? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know, you go through a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the bottom line is, is that either you, uh, when you go through the struggles and we've been through a lot, um, you either draw closer to each other, or you draw apart. And so as you get older, we, what we said is that so many marriage, uh, marriages end after the kids are gone yeah. because they've not developed a relationship while the kids were there. And they don't know each other. And, yeah. But but our entire marriage has always been, our relationship was the most important thing. And yeah. so we, we developed that. Yeah. And it's a challenge, right? I think mm-hmm. Stacy would tell you that, you know, um, that, that companionship is, is, is tough when yeah. you have, we're right in the middle of it with a 11 year old and a seven year old that take a large amount of our time. Mm-hmm. Right. But still that understanding that in the midst of all the busyness that God has given me a spouse and she is the primary companion. Right. Amen. So what's it like being the primary companion? It's primary. It's primary. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean. No, really. I'm uh, curious. We are each other's other person. Mm. Right. Our other person for the most important conversations. Our other person to experience the things of life together with. Mm-hmm. Um, we have friends, but ultimately we are the other person's person to confide in, to trust, to do life with. Yeah. Nothing that really hits on a big deal in marriages, right? Because as a pastor, Trey, you and I over the years, even Stacy as a pastor's wife, we've had lots of people confide in us. Oh yeah. Right. Lots. Uh, done a lot of marital counseling, premarital counseling and, and trust, right. Is a big deal in relationships. Mm-hmm. And I have worked with, um, a lot of couples that, that there was a lack of trust that somewhere along the way, the trust was broken. I can say wholeheartedly, uh, that then in my marriage to Stacy, I absolutely trust her. Right. I've, I've no, I've never questioned her faithfulness to me. Um, what do you think builds our trust, Stacy? Why do you think that I trust you so much? And I I think you trust me fairly well. (laughs) Most of the time. Most of the time. Um, well, we started out that way. Yeah we communicated about the need for being trustworthy Mm -hmm. from the beginning and we've put safeguards into place to help each other be trustworthy. Um, What were some of the safeguards? Well, I know about him that he is very careful about interactions with other women. Mm -hmm. He creates an environment where he's not alone with other women, mm-hmm. that he's not going to be getting in a car. If someone needs a ride, he's always going to make it aware of, um, make that a transparent situation, mm-hmm. right? So that I know that he's never alone with a female mm-hmm. and he knows that I'm never alone with a male mm-hmm. other than him. 
yeah. or my children. Um, just those kind of things that um, people kind of sometimes look at you weird when you make that gonna, kind of um, line in the sand. Yeah, and, and, it, and it is true. I mean, I got a lot of heat at one of my former churches because I would not consistently and continually uh, counsel a, a woman. Yeah. And they said, what's wrong with you? And I said, I know a lot that's wrong with me, and that's why yeah. I don't counsel yeah. women. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a man, yeah. and uh, we just don't, well, that's ridiculous. You know, they just jump all over you. And I, I think you and I both have the same sort of idea. You know, we don't, if it's an emergency situation, somebody yeah. that's running in the office, yeah, we'll yeah. deal with that. But we're not going to say, okay, for the next six months, we're no, going to. I won't do that. Yeah. I'll sit down and have a conversation with a female, a counseling type conversation, but it's going to be one. Yeah. Right. That's my goal. That's it's exactly going to be one. It's going to be done in my office with the door open with staff present. Right. Um, and there'll be times where I will uh, suggest a female that, um, comes to me with questions or whatever that I'll say, Hey, why don't you talk to my wife? She, she's better able to help you than I am. And so I'll do that. But, mm. but I think, you know, it, it's that, that trust is built on what it's built on, on faithfulness to Christ. Exactly. I, I know that my wife's walking with Christ and, and she knows that I'm walking with Christ and it's built on transparency, right? That, that nothing in my life is hidden from her mm-hmm. and nothing in her life is hidden from me. Correct. We talked about that last night on discipleship, actually. In discipleship, you know, I said my wife can grab my phone anytime she wants yep. and look at anything she wants. Does she? No, because she trusts me. But she knows that that's open. It's completely yeah. open. And I want her to feel yeah. that way, that she could get on my computer, get on my phone, whatever. And no issues. How many times have you grabbed my phone, you think, to check on me? To check on you? Yeah. Yeah. Never to check on you. Yeah, I only grab it if it's closer than mine. And I need it for something. <laughs> but I think you could though. But you could. Oh, yeah, totally. and, I, and, I, yeah, and that's the thing. We're not doing checkups, right? It's not like she's checking on me every day to see what I'm looking at. And that's because we trust. Because there's that trust there. Yeah. She knows that she can, and she knows that if she needs to. She can, just like I would. I can with her. But there's there's that trust there. She can go through my text messages, but I. She knows who texts me half the time. I mean, it's, it's buddies of mine and all that. And uh, and I will say this with texting. I think another way to safeguard and that we've practiced is that if, and we do, we have friends that we're on threads with, you know, that we interact with, but it's never just me and a male. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's mm. that friend and that friend's wife, right. or there's always, always a thread going where we're in it together. Right. And we, it, we're included in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not because I distrust or anything. That's just the way it has fallen and that's we've set it, works, it up yeah. and it works. And that's another piece of the puzzle that creates that trust and that transparency. Yeah. And yeah. half the time I don't even know that the threat is going on, but <laughs> there's that accountability too. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. Um, we can pick it up at any time and know that that's not going to be something that's going to be a problem. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you're going to go over this, but I think it's a matter of the heart too. Yeah. You know, we can, if we want, we can figure ways. I mean, yeah, you, well, you and I have counseled way, counseled people. I mean, there's burner phones, there's all kinds of things yeah. that guys the have gotten away in place, with. But they find a way around the safeguards yeah, to get what they want. The issue, the you know, it's an, it is a matter of the heart. It is a matter well. of the heart. It's a matter of the and heart. And for our wives to know our heart and to know that we love them supremely above everything. Yeah. It's so huge yeah. for them to recognize. Well, and I think, you know, that leads into what we talked about a couple weeks ago. You think about this idea of trust, trust, and, and, and this trust grows as both of you understand who you are in Christ mm-hmm. and you trust grows as you understand the nature of marriage, that it is a permanent relationship, mm-hmm. right? That when we made our vows, we meant it. Yeah. 
Right. And so, so, so just that permanency and that exclusivity, mm-hmm. right. That, that God has given me one spouse for life. That was the covenant that we made, you know, and I, I joke a lot, right. If Stacy ever leaves me, I'm going with her. I say pack, pack my bags pack, too, because yeah. I'm coming. Right. I, right. I've told my wife the same thing. Right. And so, so, and, and that was modeled in our home, right. Even in your home, Stacy, where your parents are a little bit different as far as where they are spiritually, they showed permanency in their marriage, right? How did you see, how did you see that demonstrated? Well, and they're of an old, the older generation, um, where divorce has always been around, but it wasn't as prevalent as, Mm -hmm. and flippant, I would think Mm -hmm. as it is now. Um, it was just never an option to not be married to each other once they made that commitment and, and they come from a heritage of that as well on both sides. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, there hasn't been divorce in my lineage that I know of, um, recent, right. Grandparents, great grandparents. Um, they come from families that stayed together Mm -hmm. and men that were leaders as far as I know in the home. And I did not have the privilege of knowing my dad's parents, but yeah. my father's dad, I mean, he was a leader in the home. He made sure the family was at church. He even helped build the church. I mean, he was in construction, those kind of things. So there were strong male leaders mm-hmm. um, that I know of mm-hmm. in my lineage. And, and I think that's part of the downfall of our society is that men yeah. aren't yeah. And so this is why it's so important marriages. that we're talking through this, because for some of us, we need to restore that vision for marriage in our homes for for the sake of you and your spouse, this idea that we're exclusive and we're mm-hmm. permanent, but also for the sake of those generations that are coming after you, right? Mm-hmm. That, that our children see model before them, man, mom and dad, uh, they, they, they have their problems just like everybody else does, but, but they're in this together, right? And so, so I guess from a, a wife's perspective, we, we, we've kind of hit on the idea of trust, exclusivity, permanency, all these things that we see in Genesis chapter two for that, for that wife who is struggling right now to trust her husband, who maybe, um, maybe he's done something that, uh, has broken trust, but he's mm-hmm. trying now to restore that trust for that wife who is questioning the permanency of her marriage because of whatever, how would you encourage that wife to, to, to begin the process of um, trusting her spouse again, because I think that's a big deal. I think there are, and it might not be just a wife. It might be a husband uh, whose, whose wife has broken uh, the marriage in some way. And, and, and he's trying to learn how to trust again. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, and can I, can I trust her again or can I trust him again from a wife's perspective? How, how do you begin the process of rebuilding that trust? If that trust has been broken in some way and that trust, again, it can be broken in a lot of ways. It can be tr- broken by something the, the husband said flippantly. It can be broken by uh, marital infidelity. It can be broken by, you know, uh, a, a rash temper. There's lots of ways that trust can be broken and, and people are broken. I mean, mm-hmm. we, 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 we all have those times that we do things we shouldn't. Um, but how do you begin to, put the trust back together from a wife's perspective? Well, I think first there has to be the running to Jesus mm. because we're, you know, you mentioned it's a heart matter mm-hmm. as a wife. If you're not allowing yourself to trust that Jesus knows the whole picture and that he is bigger than your circumstances and that he understands your heart and your struggles and the pain that you have gone through 
in whatever the situation has led up to. I mean, being open and vulnerable in your spiritual walk with the Lord and asking the Holy Spirit to direct you because in the flesh, that's going to be very difficult. Mm. And um, along the way, I would think, and obviously this is something that I'm thinking not having lived through, right? Because I do trust you. Um, So going to Jesus, allowing him to soothe the heart and to be where... Um, that starts, but then also learning to give grace, mm-hmm. right? If if the husband is going through the motions correctly and doing the things that he needs to do to try to build the trust, and he is also asking the Holy Spirit to help him, nitpicking everything is not going to help, yeah. right? Even if even if the things that have been done to you are severe and extreme. Getting beyond that, if, if there's always that microscope on everything that he does, that's not going to give him the freedom to move forward. And it may not give him the desire to move forward. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, can't, I can't never build a trust back. I'm done. I'm done. It's I'm over. Given up. I'm out. Right? Yeah. And so that, that giving the that other person. Sense. Yeah. It becomes yeah. a self-fulfilling prophecy right. is what so happens. So that giving the other you person. And, and I so, knew he'd be that way. Right. Because you've responded that way, yeah. and so you've con- you've continued to, and I'm talking both sides when I, you know, whether it's right. the man or the woman, right? They continually to say, "I knew she would be that way," and and force them into the situation, and literally force them out. Yeah, that yeah. benefit of the doubt, that given grace is it's important in every relationship, but it is extremely important in marriage, mm-hmm. and 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 you know, um, that was a, a step for you in faith because you know uh, th- there have been some trust issues in the past, and so but you were willing when we started dating and through our marriage to, uh, to not nitpick and trust, how were you able to do that? Well, (laughs) (laughs) there was healing that had to happen first, right? Um, there were some situations that I lived through that have caused me to become a very cautious person. Mm -hmm. And so therefore I looked at you very cautiously and you had, you didn't know necessarily, but you had some uh, hoops to jump through. I still me. have j- hoops to yeah, jump through. Every day, every day I'm jumping through hoops. Not <laughs> <Not> sure <laughs> that. Um, but like, as I noticed your responses to things, as I noticed your faithfulness, as I noticed your commitment to Christ, it was easier for me to see that oh, he may be actually someone who lives up to what he says. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you've had Christians who have made choices that have affected you in harmful ways, it is not always easy to trust, even in the Christian realm, right? Um, So just that day in, day out faithfulness, um, the being consistent in the walk, and giving the grace, right? Mm-hmm. Not expecting the other person to be Jesus because that's not something they can be, yeah, right? Yeah. Only Jesus is perfect and can be um, perfect. Yeah. So allowing for imperfections is not always easy, especially from someone who has been hurt mm. because then there's this mentality sometimes of, well, you have to go the extra mile. You have to prove it more. Or you have to do X, Y, Z in order to get me back at the starting point when that's sometimes an unfair approach for the other yeah. person. Yeah. 
um, so there has to be the give and take, but there also has to be a faithfulness, right? Yeah. A faithfulness and an, a, a willingness to give and receive grace. Yeah. And so I think that's an important message for lots of women to hear because we know, right? I've counseled, we've had conversations with lots of women who've been maybe in past relationships where trust was severely broken uh, for whatever reason, right? So you have a lot of women who are stepping into maybe new relationships where they're already hesitant because of a past situation, right? And so for you, it was overcoming that. But in a large part, overcoming that, I mean, obviously I had hoops to jump through, still have hoops to jump through, I get all that. But, 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 but you're a good hoop jumper. Well, thank you. I mean, I, like I'm, a poodle. I'm, I'm good with a hula hoop. You should see me, Trey. My hips move really well. I mean, it's, it's just a... Just a good deal. And here we go. <laughs> oh boy! But um, but you think about just what what what's what, and you can speak more to this, Stacy. Yeah, it's 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 seeing that person earn that trust in part, right, and giving grace and all those things. But but part was just trust in the Lord, right? That that healing comes as you trust the Lord to heal you, and and, and we talk about marriage being, you know, you're entrusting yourself to two people, to Christ. Right. In marriage, you're trusting that that God, right. when, when God put this relationship together and he said, OK, it's going to be permanent. It's going to be exclusive. Uh, it, it's going to be a one flesh relationship. It, it's going to be, you know, all these things, primary relationship for companionship. You're trusting when you put yourself uh, in a relationship with somebody else for marriage, that you're trusting in God's good plan. He knows what he's talking about. So you're entrusting yourself to God. Mm-hmm. Right. But you're also entrusting yourself to the other. So so there's those two levels of trust. You're trusting yourself to the Lord and you're trusting yourself to the other. And so before Stacy could trust me after she came out of a situation uh, where, where, where some trust had been broken. Um, you had to trust God again in that area, didn't you? Now, how, what did that look like for you? A lot of prayer. Yeah. Um, it was a process for me. Yeah. And I, I know you say I'm slow at everything, but I was slow. Mm-hmm. That's not surprising. In, yeah. Right. Slow to let you in because that, that protective guard goes up when yeah. one has been hurt or, um, harmed in some way. And so. Yeah. Cause I think when we were even dating, we started talking about marriage fairly early on, right? Maybe several months in or whatever the case may be, but it took you a long time, a few more months to be ready. Right. Yes. Yes. It did. It was, it was a long process. Not long. We dated for about a, what a year before we're we really were engaged. Long. It wasn't that long, mm-hmm. but I was ready. Man, I was I was you know thirty years old. Stacy's mm-hmm. good looking. Like let's get this done right. Well, but uh, she um she was a little more slow than I was because a lot of that right that that learning the right. trust again and right. and being cautious. But at the same time, you were very trusting of the Lord through that process, and yeah, it worked out. Yeah. Well, trust is built. Trust is also a patience issue, yeah. and uh, we have to be patient. Uh, and in your situation, you had to be patient with her and that was good yeah. rather than push her. That's right. Um, yes, you know, I would have that's, that's, that's a huge thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was probably one of the hoops. I'm not going to be yeah. pushed. Yeah. So, you know, all those things work together again, the fruit of the spirit working to yeah. bring us together yeah. to be who God wants us to be. And, um, and I would say to those, those wives or husbands that have, that have dealt with trust, you know, uh, it is, it didn't happen overnight mm. and it's not going to get well overnight. Yeah. It's right. not like taking a magic pill and there is going to be patience on both sides. It's just yeah. going to have to be, if you want to restore that relationship, which we, we believe in permanence and we hope, 
uh, outside of severe things uh, that we could restore relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's helpful. I know, I know we, we, we're kind of just shooting off the cuff today, having a casual conversation about marriage, but to, to spend some time talking about this issue of trust, I think is really important mm. because I think there are a lot of people who struggle with it, right? Because they have been hurt in the past or because, you know, their, their husband or their wife has hurt them right now. And so just to hear, you know, that, that, you know, hurts a real thing and it takes healing and takes time, but you can trust again. If you entrust yourself to the Lord and his plan, you can learn to trust that person again, right? Maybe it's that, that, that spouse that hurt you, or maybe that new relationship It's not going to be like that past relationship. And, and you can trust this person as, as this person proves himself or herself trustworthy and you, uh, you continue to trust the Lord, right? So, so Stacy, as we kind of end our time together today, we're going to have Stacy back next week and Apparently, we're going to have Kelly back, Kelly on as well. If you can talk her into it. Kelly, uh, I know you're I listening, think, so I'm, you're here. Yeah, she'll next be here. Next week no doubt. for the recording. Um, and, and we've got lots of issues that I really want to talk to both of you about, so I think that'd be really helpful. Um, but, Stacy, as we end our time today, if if speak right now to that lady um, who is struggling with trust, that, you know, maybe her husband said something last week that just really irked her, or she found out something that just really bothered her, or whatever the case may be, her husband's repented. Her husband's trying to regain her trust, and, and she's having a hard time. How would you speak to that lady right now who is struggling with the issue of trust? What would you say to her? Not to put you on the spot, but that's why you're on the podcast. Kind of on the spot. <laughs> well, I think, I think it's easy in the moment to feel like that moment's never going to pass, mm. right? But to remember that there are seasons and a season can be five minutes and a season can be five years. But um, just because something has happened to erode trust doesn't mean that the mountain of trust is crumbled completely, mm-hmm. right? And repentant people can be restored and so so can relationships and so can faithfulness of the one who has asked for forgiveness, That's right. right? Can re- can rebuild that bond of trust. Yeah. And just because there's a moment of anger or um, whatever has happened to erode that trust doesn't mean that it is going to stay that way. If both parties are willing to um, forgive and respond in ways that uplift and encourage and rebuild what has yeah. crumbled a little mm-hmm. bit, um, there's hope. There's yeah. always hope, yeah. right? There. There is hope for a better next experience. There's hope that when given grace, the other party will respond in growth and positive ways and in ways that rebuild whatever has been taken away or whatever infraction. So just that understanding that marriage is a covenant relationship, right? With two broken people in it. Right. You understand? And, and, and so, so, God's desire, I think, is always that if possible, right? I know there's always extenuating circumstances. There's issues of, of abuse, right? That That's a whole different category. Um, or just, you know, just gross sexual sin. That's another sec- That's another category. There's always these extenuating circumstances. But by and large, God's desire is restoration. Mm. He knows you're broken. He knows your spouse is broken. He puts you in a permanent relationship where you can learn grace, where you can learn restoration and forgiveness, right? And so, so I think, you know, that the issue of trust um, is, is taking that first step towards trust. 
whatever that first step is, maybe it's to have that conversation. Maybe it's to, um, you know, pray for your spouse when you don't feel like praying for your spouse, whatever that is, it's to, to regain trust, to rebuild trust. It takes taking those little steps towards trust, understanding that it, it could be a process. And if you're someone who has broken trust, chill out, right? Be patient, yeah. put in the work, right? right? Show right. yourself to be right. trustworthy, yeah. show yourself, you know, worthy of forgiveness and all those kind of things. And so, so I think that's what, for some of us who have maybe have broken the trust of someone, we want to go back to the way it was immediately. Uh-uh, it don't work that way. You hurt, you mm-hmm. hurt somebody, you did some damage. You got to clean that damage up. And so just chill out, be patient and, 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 and do all that you can and trust the spirit to be at the work in the life of your spouse and then see what God does as both of you work towards that restoration. Trust is a huge deal. And as you say that, and I was thinking as you were leading up to that, but, you know, we, we go back to the matter of the heart, right? And if the one who has been hurt can get to a point where they are honest with the Lord and before the Lord, asking the Lord to change their heart towards the other person. Mm-hmm. When the other person is authentically repented and trying their best to live rightly before the Lord and before the spouse, asking the Lord to give the desire for restoration back to the heart of the one who's been hurt, the desire Mm, to give mm, grace. That's right. That's Um, right. Because sometimes we're not going to have that desire and we're going to feel like, well, it's my right. You know, they hurt me. They need to suffer a little bit. But no, but turning back towards the Lord and offering the heart back to the Lord. Mm. Okay, this is, I've been hurt, but I need you, Lord, through your spirit to give me the desire to love them through this too. The desire to want to give them grace, the desire to want them to be restored, the desire to want our relationship to be a picture of what Christ has done for us. Absolutely. Redeemed. Absolutely. That's good. That's good. All right, Pastor. Yeah. Well, this has been great. Got a lot and, to talk uh, about in the weeks yeah, ahead. Yeah. Keep tuning in. Can't wait for next week. Since we decide today that your wife's going to be on the episode with us, it's going to be great. Looking forward to it, Kelly. Amen. Yeah. Well, let's close out and as we get ready for next yeah, week. Yeah, I hope this has been helpful to you and an encouragement to you. And I hope that you will tune in for the next few weeks as we continue to have these, I think, very helpful conversation. And if this has been helpful for you, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a five-star review. That helps us get word out about the podcast. And as always, We hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.